Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel. I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions within the manufacturing sectors, and I'm your host for today's show. So today we are welcoming to the show Robin Ritz. Robin is the creative visionary and the owner of Incord. Incord is North America's largest custom netting fabricator, providing the best in custom netting products to customers worldwide since 1995. The company has been voted one of Connecticut's top places to work for over 10 years running. That's hard to do. In addition to her work at Incord, Robin has been a speaker at industry conferences and workshops for over 20 years. She speaks on subjects like the ABCs of workplace success, work-life balance, and Kaizen strategies for success. Welcome to this show. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. We're delighted to have you. So introduce our listening audience to Incord. Explain to us a little bit more about what you do and the sectors that you serve. Sure. So I'll repeat a couple of things that you had said. We've been operating since 1995. We're located in picturesque Connecticut. <laughs> I love Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, we're in a very picturesque part of Connecticut. So as far as manufacturing in Connecticut, there's some sympathy there. We provide a large range of netting solutions, lifting and rigging solutions. Our focus is safety. So the industries that we're providing those solutions to would be the material handling sectors, construction, sports, automotive, theater. And then I also focus on play and amusement sectors. So we have a pretty wide range, but the singular factor and focus for us is on the safety factor for that. Yeah, that's fabulous. Looking at your website, you don't realize how many different industries need netting. And I'm imagining, depending on the industry, the strength of the netting is incredibly important. Absolutely. Yeah. So we recently installed a test frame at our facility so that we can even bring our scope all the way back to testing. We're part of a lot of the testing standard committees that meet, but we do in-house testing too. So it is, it's all about your dynamic loads or your static loads and making sure that it's high quality and long lasting. So interesting, looking at your website, it is very clear that you are passionate about work environment. So I'm going to ask you to speak into that a little bit, because I think that it is something that would help manufacturers nationally. Sure. Thank you. I'm glad. Kudos to our marketing department, because that's definitely their message is getting across. That is our first priority is to be an exemplary workplace. So the owners of the company started 27 years ago. They came out of sales. They had an idea for how they wanted employees to be treated, having been treated in other ways by other employers. So these were two sales guys that said, we're going to become an employer that really treats people how we would have wanted to be treated. And we're going to let this be the workplace that people want to come to, that they contribute to, that they're giving back to, that they feel connected to something bigger as a result of it. And so I really just using that as our guiding principles, we happen to sell nets, 
but we're really, first and foremost, it's, you know, one of our values is love the workers and the workplace before the work. And when you prioritize that first, everything else falls into place. Your profits are a byproduct of that activity. And we've been able to prove that time and time again. And it is different than probably what a lot of business schools would suggest as a focus, but it has been our focus and it remains our focus. And so thank you. Thanks for bringing it up as obvious. (laughs) Yeah. So manufacturers are all about process, right? And you are very much also about process, improving process, Kaizen principles. How do you marry those two things, the culture and the process? Sure. So part of that is explaining to everyone that that is a priority of ours and that we do embrace a lot of the Kaizen principles. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach. So I'm familiar with the Kaizen principles as they relate to approaching creativity, but also there's a book called Spirit of Kaizen and it is all about Kaizen in the workplace and the manufacturing workplace. So the way that we're marrying them is when you honor the process, the product will take care of itself. So we're ISO certified 9001 quality management process. So it's every step of the way you're honoring that piece of the process and knowing the outcome is going to then be defined by how well you adhere to that process. And it also can actually interchange when you honor people, the the profit takes care of itself. And so we kind of sometimes use that interchangeably where it's all about the honoring of who's doing the action or what that action needs to be so that the outcome can reflect that. So many people, I think, believe that you can't have a good culture, but also be on a path of continual improvement of process. And the two are not mutually exclusive. This can be done and should be done together, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful marriage together when they work in harmony, and it really gets you further than you could get independently without having them both combined, definitely. Absolutely. So during our first conversation, you said something that I found very interesting, and that is that the person closest to the problem is also closest to the solution. And so I think this kind of plays into the discussion about workplace environment and honoring people and everybody's voice is important. I want you to speak into that a little bit. Sure. So this is really consistent with the Kaizen philosophies of every voice counts. That is a value that we have in both English and Spanish and all of our production facilities and offices. Every voice counts. The person that's closest to the problem often has the solution, but unless they're empowered to come forth with that solution or bring that solution forward in a way that can be reviewed, analyzed, implemented, or altered, they're not going to speak up about it. So too often you have managers that think their job is to present a solution. So in isolation or based on speculation or only working with part of the problem, their best efforts are providing their best solution. But more often than not, what you find out is the person that has the problem already knows what they think should be done about it or what could be done about it. And they're just waiting to either be told, yes, yes, you can, or no, but here's why. And so that Kaizen principle of constantly soliciting the small ideas, what's your idea for just a little improvement? How could we get this a little bit more efficient or just move that needle even one degree towards more efficiency or process improvement? 
And then you start to get a feedback loop of, well, I'll bring this up because the last time I did, it was really well received, or at least I was explained why it's not in alignment with our strategy or why it doesn't work for what we're trying to achieve. But you start to create a communication back and forth. And then also from an exemplary workplace, you don't want your managers to be completely burdened with solving the problems of everybody else's world, right? So if we empower at the lowest level possible, we empower our employees to make those decisions that are going to improve the process or going to get them better results. Now they're only coming to us with the exceptions that they truly can't figure out. And so it really becomes much lighter for management as well, because you're working on the problems that you're closest to, and then just coming in to help when you really need to. So it shifts the balance in a really healthy way. Yeah, I think it's like so important for people to feel safe in bringing forth ideas problems. That has to be a culture. They have to feel like they're not going to get clobbered by bringing up a problem. And so continuing on this discussion, very admirable. Your company has been voted one of the top places to work in your state for more than 10 years. That is hard to do. And so I imagine that in order to get that distinction, you have to be putting in principles of work-life balance for yourself and your whole team. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, so I'll bring up a couple more of our values, just circling back on people feeling safe to bring up things. We One of our values is mistakes are opportunities to learn. So there's semi-celebrations or some people don't want to call them that, but there's that opportunity to learn something and a failure, we can learn something from it. So if we're not approaching it from a judgmental standpoint, good, bad, we're saying, what can we learn? Where's the opportunity there? It becomes much more approachable to share that information in a way that doesn't seem threatening, right? And so that continuous loop of collaborative efforts when it is bigger than one person can take on, but really, again, ISO quality management, how do you prevent it from happening again? How do you share the lesson and continuously improve past it? You know, we wouldn't continue to grow or evolve if we didn't learn and make mistakes and get to build on those things. And I think, you know, that safety, the culture of having the feedback loop, but balancing it, another value of ours is make time for celebration. You absolutely have to celebrate the births and the deaths and the anniversaries and the big things and the hot days and the cold days. I mean, you find reasons because that as a community is what gets you through the hardest times, right? And I think that's one of like the delights of human interaction and creating a type of community, especially that the workplace allows is we should be celebrating together. We should be breaking bread together. And so intentionally creating those opportunities, it's simple events committee once a month. We send out a lot of surveys. We send out a lot of surveys to say, what do you want to celebrate? How do you want to celebrate it? That type of feedback constantly just soliciting, tell us, tell us, tell us, because more often than not, if we're making a decision without involving a consensus, we miss the mark. And and so everybody just wants more free food, right? So, so I think it's just that getting comfortable with, you don't have to have all the answers and getting comfortable with people saying, I'm in a place of uncertainty, but I know it's safe to bring that to this group. And it really is the comfort or the, the healing that happens when people feel heard 
Sometimes it's just being heard and not having the answers at all. And I think, you know, these are things that are very simple, but it's easy to miss them in a workplace when there's so many other mechanical industrial distractions that pull us off of that common sense place of we should just have a meal together. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's just caring about and respecting people, people first. And manufacturers are notorious about process first, process above people. And the people should always come above the process. And if they do, the rest of it will work itself out, right? Absolutely. I want to ask you about your blog. This is another thing that manufacturers struggle with. Like, why would I need this? Looking at your website, you have a really good mix in your blog. Some of it is educational about your products, the types of products. But I also noticed that you are highlighting employees. You're also highlighting some of your customers and how they're using your product. It's just a very nice mix. So what would you say to manufacturers who think that a blog is not necessary or that they don't have enough to say to develop a blog? Has this helped you? I think so. I mean, I think it's something we had talked about for years because I think manufacturers in particular struggle to recognize that they do have a unique story to tell and that your employees are part of that story your customers are part of that story, your products are part of that story. So if you're not highlighting those stories or revisiting those stories or making sure that people know those stories, you're missing out on part of a genuine connection that you can create beyond just somebody who has to or wants to purchase Mm -hmm. a product. So it goes, for me, you know, it's the comes back to really as a sales driven organization we're seeking to develop and nurture relationships and so relationships are based on common grounds and common understanding and shared past or a collective shared vision of the future and so what better way do you start to share your values or share some of your common grounds than just telling these stories um, and so i think that absolutely it is a stretch for a lot of manufacturers to see where it is relevant to them. But I think because they are trying to sell things, it'll always be relevant to them because there's a human connection that is critical. I would recommend for our listeners to look at your website and particularly your blog and see the types of things that you're highlighting. Any manufacturer can do it, but they don't, which is where the problem lies. So what's next for your company? (sighs) Every day is a new day. I think we're really committed to staying focused on what we're really good at, which is safety netting. So we continue to look at where our customers' demands for new product development. We're always pushing for new products and running them through our own in-house design and testing program. One of the biggest themes I would say for me personally is environmental protection. How are we protecting the planet? 27 years, we've been really focused on people, fall protection, personnel, property protection, which is critical and will continue to be something that we support. But for me, bigger picture is also looking at environmentally where the opportunities where we can start making an impact on either the product that we're putting out and looking at recycled content or reuse, reduce, and or 
nets for coastal stabilization or some type of wildlife mediation. So. Interesting. Good for you. So yeah. we are starting to run out of time. I'd like you to share with our listening audience how best to reach out to you if they would like to learn more about your company's products or your speaking engagements. Great. Thank you. So our company website is incord, I-N-C-O-R-D.com. I'm available by email at robinr at incord.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram but you can find us in cord.com and you can find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. I love your website, by the way. It's very gonna, well I'm done. I'm so excited for our marketing yeah. department to hear this. <laughs> Great videos. It's very nicely done. So, Thank and you, we wish you continued success. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. So listen, if you're a woman in manufacturing or in an industry that services the manufacturing community and you'd like to be on the show, please reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Francis Brunel, or just call my office, 908-387-1000. I would also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com, where you can see all of our shows and other shows brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining the Wham! Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.